This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. We are live as always. Every morning, 6.30 Mountain Time, but that's going to change. Man, coming up a week from tomorrow, we have a massive announcement on this show. Told you, things are changing. I'm telling you, uh, that's a week from tomorrow, a huge announcement. Today, we're talking Utah Jazz basketball, and it seems that Utah Jazz CEO Danny Ainge is frustrating the New York Knicks. Which makes you wonder, are the Utah Jazz really trying to trade Donovan Mitchell? We'll talk about that. Is San Diego State the single most important team in college football? And are night games going to save the Pac-12? Has Joe Rogan finally gone too far? I think he may have gone too far. I think finally this might be the thing that, that gets him in trouble. Yeah. What Joe Rogan said, and you're going to hear the audio coming up on the show. Um, Joe Rogan, who does a podcast every day on Spotify, finally may have gone too far. It's it's pretty shocking. Yeah. It is. Um, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Hey, uh, first of all, big shout out to uh, Jesse Harsh who started the morning with a $5 tip. Thank you, Jesse. Really appreciate that. What's up to our guy, Neville93? He is first in this morning. What's up? He says, what are the chances we are trading Donovan Mitchell? Well, at this moment, not good. Uh, and before we get rolling, Rhett Smith, good. gotta say thanks, fellas. Thank you, guys. Um, your show, I work for four tens. Damn. Good on you, bro. Good on you, Rhett Smith. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for listening while you work. And without further ado, uh, let's talk Utah Jazz basketball. As sources say that Utah Jazz CEO Danny Ainge is frustrating the New York Knicks because he refuses to come off his asking price for Donovan Mitchell. And we told you earlier this week, sources had told us that um, the Jazz and the Knicks were talking on Monday, and there was optimism a deal would be done. Well, apparently that optimism was one-sided, and it was in Gotham City, New York, because the Knicks felt like they were in position to acquire Donovan Mitchell, and Danny Ainge never once has come off of his demand, according to sources, that he gets six first-round picks in return and players in exchange for Donovan Mitchell. Jake, is Danny Ainge asking for too much? No, I mean, I don't think he's asking too much, mainly because I don't think this is a discussion around what Donovan Mitchell's trade value is. I think this is a discussion around, you know, just how bad the Knicks want Donovan Mitchell because, again, it can't be said enough. We're not talking about what Donovan Mitchell is worth. We're not talking about, you know, the Utah Jazz are actively trying to trade Don and they're just trying to get a deal done and they're just off the rocker asking for too much. That's not what this is. Remember what this is. This is Danny Ainge saying, hey, we're not looking to trade Donovan Mitchell, 
But if you're going to come calling like the Knicks have for the last year or whatever it's been now, I mean, because this is, dude, we've been here from the Knicks for how long now? I mean, it's literally been like a year that they've been trying to get Donovan Mitchell. So Danny is just simply saying, look, we're not initiating these conversations, but if you're going to call, this is the price, you know? And that's why I say, like, when there was all that Twitter storm about, oh, Danny is close to trading Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks and the Jazz are close, are they really? Because, you know, Utah Jazz... CEO Danny Ainge isn't coming off of his price and I don't think he should I think that Donovan Mitchell is a guy that you can build around and I think that Donovan Mitchell uh is not someone that you just give away per se or that you you take shortcuts on or that you compromise on I think he is the final straw that Danny Danny Ainge has in his bag to get a ton of value back which is why I say hey don't come off of your asking price. Don't budge. Make the Knicks come off their asking price. Make the Knicks compromise their values. So I like what Danny Age is doing. And I think, you know, frankly, I think Danny Age is doing what's best for the organization because he doesn't have to trade Donovan Mitchell. Donovan hasn't asked for a trade. And that's why I say, no matter what the media says, Danny Ainge has the leverage here. And the Utah Jazz are in a great position. You've got all this trade asset and these players that you got in the Rudy deal. You're waiting for a Kevin Durant thing to go down to see if you can be involved in that. So why would he trade Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks before all this other stuff happens? It doesn't make any sense. No, I would agree. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it also doesn't make a lot of sense for Danny Ainge to compromise anywhere. I mean, you got an absolute haul for Rudy Gobert uh, when you traded him to Minnesota. I mean, why would you expect anything less from the Knicks? Yeah. And again, if you're just tuning into the show this morning, sources told us that the New York Knicks have a sense of frustration with Danny Ainge and the Jazz um, because they felt like they had a deal done and Danny Ainge would not come off of his first six-round picks. And I think the other thing that is probably difficult about this trade is, you know, the salary you're going to have to take back in return if you're the Jazz uh, to make this deal work financially amongst NBA trade parameters. But I think also if you're the Knicks, you really need to make this deal. I think you feel like your window is just now opening up. Obviously, this situation with Jalen Brunson, and if you didn't hear what happened in New York, they had an introductory press event with um, Jalen Brunson that, well, frankly, didn't include the press. Um, <laughs> the New York Knicks did not include the media in Jalen Brunson's introductory session. I want to say press conference. I want to say media session, press conference, whatever, but there were fans there. There just weren't any media members invited to this event. And it's been a, a pretty tumultuous summer for the Knicks in that there's been a lot of unrest. There's been a lot of questions about what's been good and what's been bad. And there's been a lot of questions about why um, James Dolan and Leon Rose and the rest of that front office have not been able to get a Donovan Mitchell deal done. And now you find out that the reason is Danny Ainge is driving an incredibly hard bargain and that the Knicks have become frustrated in those negotiations. And I think one of the other things that we're probably underselling is, again, it was described to me by sources at the Utah Jazz that Donovan Mitchell has never asked for a trade demand. And we've been reporting that now for two, three months. Yeah. But I think right now, in terms of where we are with the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell, it's incredibly important to point out that Donovan Mitchell has never asked for a trade. And I think that's why the Utah Jazz don't have to act with a sense of urgency here. They don't, Danny Ainge does not have to lower his asking price, Jake, because Donovan Mitchell is not making this situation 
at all tenuous. Yeah, and I and I think that's the biggest thing right now is that the J- the Utah Jazz are under no pressure to to move or operate. And that's why I said yesterday in the show, like I think it's really important to understand the Utah Jazz are just there's no motivation for them to come to the middle or compromise or negotiate or bend at all. Why would you? There's no like there's no reason to. I I think and that's why I say like if I'm the New York Knicks, eventually I just got to put this to bed. Eventually, you know, you you, you got to just say okay, yeah, this isn't going to be a fit. We're going to move on, you know, for now. Maybe we revisit this at the deadline. Maybe we we revisit these talks next summer. Like like, but right now it's just not a, a, a tenable situation for us. And that's why I say like, without it's gonna take like a Don asking for a trade type situation for the Jazz to bend. It's gonna take an event of some variety to push the Jazz to do something uh, or to come off that price. And and again, I have to say. Uh, I endorse that thought process. I think that Danny Ainge is doing it right. I think Danny is 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 very good in these situations, knowing the landscape, knowing where the Utah Jazz are, knowing who they are, knowing where they're going. Like he gets it. He's got it all mapped out and planned, and that's what I think allows him to operate at a really high level in these situations. Yeah, and again, I I think it's really important that this situation. At some point in time, you need to stop talking about trading Donovan Mitchell. Like, yeah. I think this team, and obviously you, you want to go to training camp with some stability. You want to go to training camp with a belief that Donovan Mitchell is going to be your guy this year. But I don't know that this ends until the trade deadline passes. I mean, you're either you're you're either going to stop talking about this and say, hey, we're not trading Donovan Mitchell or you're not going to say anything at all. And my guess is that the Utah Jazz say nothing at all. And Donovan Mitchell shows up somewhere around October 1st for Utah Jazz Media Day, and we have no clarity. And he's going to be asked a bunch of very uncomfortable questions. And I'm curious how long this goes on. But I also don't think it's it's in the Jazz best interest to make a statement saying we're not trading Donovan Mitchell. Facts. I mean, that just doesn't make a lot of sense from a business perspective. Yep. Because if you can get a team like the Knicks or – you know, if you can frustrate the Knicks into moving off of what they're willing to pay to raising their ceiling of compensation, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Because, again, I think the only way that the Utah Jazz trade Danny or Danny Ainge trades Donovan Mitchell, excuse me, is if he gets at least six first-round picks. Because, by the way, I would also remind you, Donovan Mitchell's under contract for three more seasons. Mm-hmm. There is no need to trade Donovan Mitchell. He cannot walk away Donovan Mitchell cannot dictate his situation. Can he make it uncomfortable? Sure he can. Is that who Donovan Mitchell is? It's absolutely not. And again, I think that's why it's important that we continue to go back to our jazz sources and say, hey, has he demanded a trade? Has Donovan Mitchell asked to be traded? Have you had conversations about trading Donovan Mitchell? And I think it's important to know that Don is not asked to be traded because he's not trying to to make this, and what's the right word here? He's not trying to make this uncomfortable. Yeah, he's not trying to put leverage you know, on the organization. Yeah, I, I don't think that's what he's trying to do here. I think Donovan Mitchell um, is simply going about his business, and I think Donovan Mitchell is handling his offseason the exact right way. But is Donovan Mitchell good enough to do what guys like Kevin Durant do, where, they, where they're under contract for you know three more years, and they don't like their situation, and so they're trying to bounce? Like, is he good enough? I mean, he's not Kevin Durant, but has Kevin Durant really changed his situation at all? No. I mean, and that's a great point. I think this is this is something to talk about. Reports out of Brooklyn yesterday said that Kevin Durant was not talking to his teammates or the Brooklyn Nets. 
And, you know, Kevin is on active on LinkedIn. Kevin is active on Twitter. Kevin is doing podcasts, but he's not talking to the Nets or to his teammates by reports. Now, mm. is that true? I don't know. I don't know, Kevin Durant. I, 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 frankly, I would, I would not be surprised if Kevin hasn't communicated with Brooklyn Nets owner Joe Sy recently, but what do they have to talk about? I mean, they met and they talked about the fact that Kevin wanted to be traded. Uh, but if you listen to reports in the, I think it was the New York Post that reported Joe Sy and, and Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets are not exactly sure why Kevin Durant wants to be traded. Yeah. There was no, hey, A plus B equals I want out. Like there was none of that that happened in Brooklyn. So there's some question about why Kevin Durant demanded a trade. And what I would tell you is certainly Kevin Durant is a better player than Donovan Mitchell. I don't think anybody doubts that. But does Kevin Durant have more influence over his situation to change that, to get traded? Well, apparently not because breaking news, Kevin Durant's still a Brooklyn net, as is Kyrie Irving, as is Ben Simmons. So at this moment, Kevin Durant's had no influence in on his situation. So maybe all of this is just a whole bunch of nothing about nothing. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, Kevin Durant hasn't shown that he's got any influence. Yeah, and I think as far as NBA fans are concerned, Danny Ainge is the one who's been affecting the league so far. I mean, I, I you know, I'm not I'm not trying to be crass about it, but like Danny Ainge is the one who made the big deal. Danny Ainge is the one who set the price for Kevin Durant. Danny Ainge is the one who set the price for Donovan Mitchell. Like, you know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're a Utah Jazz fan, you should feel great about what Danny Ainge is doing because he is setting the market. He is controlling the narrative. He is saying, yes. hey, this is what we got for Rudy Gobert. All due respect to Rudy. What is the price for Donovan? What is the price for Kevin Durant? That's the thing. And so, yeah, sure. If the New York Knicks front office is frustrated, if Joe Sy in Brooklyn is frustrated, great. I think if you're Danny Ainge, that's precisely what you were looking for as a side effect of that Rudy Gobert deal. Frustration in negotiation in the proper way can sometimes help you. And I think in this particular situation, Danny's in a good place. And so are the Utah Jazz. And that's why I say, you know, eventually something is going to crack here. Eventually, you know, Kevin's going to get moved or Kyrie's going to get moved or, or whatever. You know, something is going to happen. Like finally yesterday, we got the James Harden deal. Uh, you know, pretty much done, finally. So that's why I say there, there, we're starting to get little trickles of movement, but we haven't gotten the big deal yet. So that's why, that's why I pose the question, is it time for us to just kind of put this whole, you know, the Utah Jazz are trading Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks conversation to bed? Because I kind of feel like we're getting there. I kind of feel like, you know, unless something changes, there's yeah. not going to be much movement. Yeah, and, and I, I would agree with that. By the way, the, the Philadelphia 76ers and James Harden agreed on a two-year deal that required Harden to take a $14 million pay cut. He went back to the Sixers on a $14 million deal. Um, and I say, hey, you know what? I think James Harden completely understood what, it, what this was about. Yeah. And I think James Harden did absolutely the right thing because now what that extra $14 million does and it's actually more than 14 million it's like 14.8 million mm -hmm. it allows the Philadelphia 76ers to bring in other bodies and it allows them to compete at a higher level but by the way this is also a second year player option for James Harden so in fact it's a one year deal that is a, uh, has a second year player option on it 
which I think was incredibly smart business by James Harden. James Harden has made an F ton of money. He yeah. has made a lot of money. So the idea that, you know, this $14 million is make or break for him, it's simply not the case. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of money. Anytime you leave $14 million on the table, that's a lot of millies, right? But James Harden's made a ton of money, and I think James Harden knows he's probably going to make $100 million more on his next deal. Right. Why wouldn't you take a prove-it deal? And I think that's what this is, but this is what we talked about. I, I feel like for the last week, yeah. you, you listen to Kyle Lowry. You listen to Kyrie Irving. You listen to James Harden. These guys are all on 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 prove it deals now. Yeah, Kyrie Irving's on a one year deal, and then he is a free agent. If he has another bad year, Kyrie Irving did incredible damage to his brand. So when I go to Donovan Mitchell and I think to myself, "Well, hey, is Donovan Mitchell on a prove it deal?" Yeah, I would say he is, because whether or not he's going to be a free agent or what it, what his contract situation is. His legacy is on the line. Yes. The trajectory of Donovan Mitchell's career is hanging in the balance right now today. And he knows that. Yeah, he knows and, that. but that's why I think when you look at what Donovan's doing this offseason, spending a lot of time with his body man, David Alexander, getting in better shape. Now you're seeing he's working on his mid-range game. Now you're seeing that he's a lot more explosive than I think he was at any time than last year. You're seeing that Donovan Mitchell is putting in the work again, which he has done every summer of his career, and he always comes back a better player. And the thing I would point out is, what did we see from Donovan Mitchell in these videos this week? We saw a comfortable, easy three-point stroke. We saw really good mid-range activity. We saw explosiveness at the rim. Donovan Mitchell is working on his game. I'm for real. And I think, yeah, I, I think that's the perfect drop right there. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell's for real. And if the Jazz hang on to him, if Donovan Mitchell comes back in a Jazz uniform when this season starts, I'm telling you the guy is going to average 30 points the first six weeks of the season. Hey, man. I think he is going to come out and absolutely wreck this league. Yeah. I, I'm i about it. I'm with you. I think that Donovan has that capability. I think, yeah, like I was saying, I think Donovan believes that this is, a, you know, a prove-it year for him, if you yes. will. And I think that, you know, I think the other thing, too, is Donovan, you know, in my opinion, again, I don't, I don't know Donovan, obviously, but in my opinion, I think Donovan Mitchell wants to ascend to the top, top five in the league. Like, he wants to be one of the best players in the league. He wants it to be, no doubt about it, I am as good as Devin Booker. I am as good as Jason Tatum. I am in the, the top echelon of guys. And I think that... The, the the interesting part about this whole Don to the Knicks situation is people feel like Danny Ainge's asking price is outrageous. Is that because they don't think that Donovan Mitchell is good enough to command that kind of that kind of, you know, asset assets? Or is that just because they feel like it's just a high offer for any player? You know what I mean? So if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I'm just trying to secure everything that I can by going out and dominating. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Welcome to everybody just tuning into the show. Breaking news this morning as we woke up to text messages from NBA sources saying that the New York Knicks have a sense of frustration with Jazz CEO Danny Ainge because the Knicks felt like they had a deal done earlier this week. Um, they had talked to the Jazz on Monday, um, and they felt like they had the framework of a deal for Donovan Mitchell. And in fact, Danny Ainge was not prepared to change his demand at all. Okay, and, so that's how it's going to be. And so now you have you have the, the Knicks and Leon Rose feeling frustrated that Danny Ainge will not come off of his demand for six first-round picks and a bunch of talent in return. And 
the Knicks really feel like Donovan Mitchell is somebody that's very important to their development. The only problem is Danny Ainge knows what he's got in Donovan Mitchell and he won't come off that trade demand. And that is what's frustrating uh, to Donovan Mitchell. Yes. And a couple of other stories that we're working into here, um, there are stories out of New York uh, as well that Kevin Durant is reportedly not speaking to the Nets or his teammates. Now, is that Kevin you know, saying, I'm not talking to you guys, you know, get the F out of here? Or is that Kevin Durant saying, hey, it's the summertime, man, I'm just living my life? My guess is it's somewhere in between. Kevin doesn't have a whole lot to say to the Brooklyn Nets, and Kevin doesn't have a whole lot to say to his teammates. Yeah. And by the way, you can't tell me that KD and Kyrie aren't talking on a pretty regular basis. Oh, yeah, they are. I got to believe that. And the other, not to undersell this, but I want to say that it was um, ESPN Radio New York that had the story that Ben Simmons is going to be ready for training camp, like ready to compete, play basketball. I sure hope so. And and is is in a place with his, you know, what is it, mental health issues or anxiety situation? His mental state. Yeah, where he's ready to play basketball. Yeah. And I think we saw that. I think you first brought it up on the show where he was at Summer League, kind of rehabbing his his image, Ben Simmons was. And what did you say in our top secret launch codes and nukes pre show meeting? Well, if you have KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons all at full go, mm-hmm. uh, the Brooklyn Nets are pretty damn good. Cold-blooded, clean, methodical, and thorough. And I think there's a chance yeah. that that's what we're going to get. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like You have three guys, obviously, in K- KD, Kyrie, and, and Ben, who, who, you know, for lack of a better description, are divas. I mean, that's what they are. Like They are guys yeah. who are very good. Uh, at playing basketball, but at the same time, they come with a ton of baggage. And and I am no Kyrie fan. I'm a KD guy, but there's no getting around the fact that he comes with baggage. He he he's thin skinned Like he. But wait, do you really think yes. he wants out of Brooklyn? Uh, do you I really think, think he wants to leave I the Nets? I think Kevin Durant is a purist when it comes to basketball and his team. I think Kevin Durant wants to show up at the practice facility, wants to show up at Barclays Center and not have to deal with drama and not have to deal with Ramadan and Kyrie blessing See, the building. I totally like, disagree with that. I understand that, that, that that's uncomfortable. I don't think Kevin Durant gives a damn about Kyrie's personal life. I think that Kevin Durant respects somebody like Kyrie Irving that is, and for those of you who don't know, Kyrie Irving is an observant Muslim. And part of being a Muslim is that you fast during Ramadan from sun up to sundown. God bless. You fast during Ramadan. You do not eat. The only thing you ingest in your body is water. You're so fucked. And that only problem is that tip off is when the sun has not set yet. And so in the NBA playoffs, Kyrie Irving is fasting during Ramadan. And I mean, yeah. there are there are vivid images of him coming out of the Nets locker room with a, a plate and a sandwich going to sit on the bench is the moment that sundown happens so that he can eat and, and feel better. Texas, man. There are some people that that pissed off. Kevin Durant's not one of them. Well, I, I just don't believe I that. Just, I just, I, I think that, yeah, I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, yeah, I, I agree that Kevin operates with a certain level of, I don't give an F about, about people's things or whatever. Like, I, I'm sure he does. I don't necessarily disagree with that. 
But what I do think Kevin Durant cares about is guys being on the floor and actually playing basketball. What I do think he cares about is winning championships and moving past drama. And and I think to that point, one of the things that was clearly a grind for them was the the situation that we don't talk about with the Coco, where Kyrie Irving wouldn't take the thing in his arm to make sure that he could play in an indoor arena. Dude, I think the Nets and Kevin Durant are just in a place where they don't care why you're not on the floor. Like, if you're not on the floor, it doesn't matter why. You're not on the floor. If you're not here to help us win, you're not here at all. And I think Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, had just gotten to a point where he'd had enough from Kyrie. Yeah. Because, again, remember, go back a year from now or a year ago, um, go back in time one year, reverse, you know, like reverse. Take this thing up. We're out of here. Kyrie Irving a year ago was meeting with Joe Sy in Southern California and promising to get the thing in the arm to deal with the cocoa. Yeah. And he never did. And it cost the the Brooklyn Nets dearly. And speaking of the, I started having second thoughts. Yeah, speaking of the the Nets, now you have James Harden sacrificing fourteen point eight million dollars to get more help in Philly so they can compete. And yet here we go with Kyrie Irving signing into opting into his thirty seven million dollar player option and saying, "I'll see you in in the fall." Yeah, like I mean, that's the problem that I have is that I just think that Kyrie Irving's a dick. And yet, that's that's what and not to be blunt about it, but that's how it comes across to me. I just think Kyrie Irving is an incredibly selfish player who who puts himself and and his interests and his money above all else. When you have other guys across the league taking less money to build a championship contender. Yep. Most notably the guy you said couldn't be here because he was a problem in James Harden. Yep. So now what? And and I think that's the issue. All right. Enough of us. Let's get more of you. Let's get your thoughts in here. Um, a lot of people in this morning. Uh, we will do our best to get all your comments in here. If you don't read my comment, I'm going to freak I'm out. I'm just tired of you. Ugh. James Knight. Did my man <laughs> Patty Mills opt out in Brooklyn? He did, but then he re-signed with uh, the Nets. My Holy King says, if you go straight to the owner over the GM, that means you want out. Brooklyn can't win. With Steve Nash. Uh, I don't know about that. I think Steve Nash is a very young, inexperienced coach that went through a lot last year, and I would expect him to be a a more wiser, ready NBA coach this coming season. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what I would say. Alex Chacon, do you think the rumors about Leon Rose uh, possibly getting let go if they can't get this Don deal done are true? I have no idea. I really don't know. I would not be surprised. Jimmy Dolan's a terrible owner. Yeah. James Dolan is a terrible... Another reason I don't think Don wants to be a Nick, man. Yeah. New York Jazz fan. Danny Ainge looking to give some on-the-job training to these new GMs in Minnesota and New York. Yeah. You know what, you know <laughs> what I mean, though? Like, come on. You're casual. Darn right. Darn right. Neville 93, first one in this morning. Good to see you, friend. Prismak from Poland. Yeah, Poland. My, my Polish brother. Yes. Uh, hello, Monty and Jake. Hello, Prismax. <laughs> Good to see you. Uh, Jesse Harsh, who, by the way, thanks for the $5 tip, Jesse. Appreciate you. Uh, Jesse says, uh, hey, guys, thanks for helping me get through my workday uh, with your pod. Between Jaron Hall and Cam Rising, who's putting up better numbers this season? Hey I think Jaron Hall is poised to have one of the great seasons in recent BYU history. You think he can do better than Zach did? Not even joking. I mean, Zach Wilson had a hell of a year. You I think he I mean? can be there. I think he can be there. I think the biggest question about Jaron is can he stay healthy? And Jesse will talk a lot of BYU football yeah. coming up. And, and, and by the by way, by the way, yeah. Oh, by the way, don't forget we are giving away a trip for two uh, to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series at Allegiant Stadium 
in Las Vegas. That is presented to you by Jeffrey Davis at Academy Mortgage. NMLS number 278545. Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. All you got to do is call Devery Davis today, 801-543-9666. We are sending a listener to Las Vegas with a $250 gas card. Uh, as well, we're giving you two nights hotel and two tickets to see BYU and Notre Dame at Allegiant Stadium. J.P. Shanahan. Yeah. Good morning, my friend. Uh, let me start with your first one. He says the Jazz are sitting on draft picks and cash capital with the ability to earn more in both categories with a, a Donovan Mitchell trade, but Utah's historic inability to sign elite free agents, coupled with a diluted free agent market, how would additional cash capital help the Jazz? Okay, so first of all, I need to address the comment of Utah's history of the inability to get free agents here. I think we have to stop saying stuff like that. I think we have to stop working in the past because Danny Ainge has never been here. The Utah Jazz have never operated in this way before. I think we're in a new time for the organization. Now, I agree. It, it's not like, you know, free agents have ever come here. It's not like, you know, it was because of the front office that they're not coming here. But what I am saying is that Danny Ainge is here. Donovan Mitchell is still here. So while those two are here, and, and you have a fresh young head coach and Will Hardy, I think you have a chance to go out and get some guys. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think that that's, that's a really interesting question. Uh, JP Shanahan also said, sorry, I meant trading, not training. Damn autocorrect. You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. Greg Hawkins. Sup y'all. Greg. Greg to see you. Um, you know, uh, let's see. Jan, uh, Jerem Vincencio J said J-A-R-O-M Jerem. Okay. BYU Radio, Jerem. Who the f*** is that guy? Says, uh, best show on YouTube. Thank you. Welcome to the show, bro. Welcome to the show. I appreciate, appreciate you. That. Seriously, appreciate you. Appreciate that. Richard McDonald says, uh, LOL SDSU. They don't even have fans. San Diego State Here does. we go. We'll talk about that coming up. They, they, we'll talk they about that They don't up. even have fans, guy, has entered the comments. <laughs> uh, Mark Rasmussen says, good morning. Always gorgeous in daybreak in the morning, y'all. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Big fan of Daybreak. Uh, Sharon26 says, good morning, gents. Good morning to you, sir. Daniel Westover. National media getting it so wrong about Donovan's situation makes me second-guess their reporting generally. They mostly just re uh, repeat each other's crap. Well, Thanks. I think this is not that easy of a job um, when you're trying to get... When you're trying to... The Utah Jazz play things very close to the vest. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is very difficult to get information out of the Jazz. Um, and, and what I would say is I think the jazz have consistently told us anyway, that they are not actively trying to trade Don, that if you call them with six picks and three players, they're going to listen. And, and at one point I was told if Danny Ainge doesn't listen, he would be derelict and irresponsible in his duties. And yes, I just said duty, but duty, yeah, duty, he <laughs> would be, he would be irresponsible if he didn't listen to trades Correct. that are that one-sided for Donovan Mitchell. And that's why I think it's such an interesting time for the organization uh, in the Utah Jazz. Like, I think the the media reporting thing, like, I, I will say there is a certain responsibility in it. You can't just go and say anything you want to say. That's you right. Can't just, you can't just say anything that, that you're told. Like, you have to. There's a certain responsibility in it. That's what I'll say. And I think that, you know, um, yeah, you do hear a lot of things nationally. But, I, but you have to remember that, you know, like, Big networks like Fox and ESPN, they have a job to do, and they're doing their job, you know? 
Yep, totally agree. Good morning, Mike Maples. Good morning, Teddy Wayman. Ira in Utah says, why wait for the trade deadline? Playoff teams aren't giving more than three players and five-plus picks in February. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. But all things happen in time. I am a big believer in the universe. Everything happens exactly when it's supposed to happen. And it, it, by the way, I would tell you, it is it is not a problem that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Think about your life and think about the issues you have. It's not the problem that's the problem. It's your reaction to it. If the New York Knicks are frustrated that Danny Ainge won't give up on asking for six picks, they've got to react appropriately, which is don't give up six picks. Go find somebody else. You have multiple star players available on the market who would require far less than six picks. Yeah. Go get it. Go put John Collins in a New York Knicks uniform. The problem is the Knicks historically have not reacted well to situations like this. They generally will cave and give up the six picks and the three players. And, and, and I think that's a huge mistake. Yep. And there's also part of me that says, I still believe that Donovan Mitchell could be traded in August. I do. I, I truly believe that, that you look at some of the players that can't be moved right now. I don't know, like a Patrick Beverly. Pep Bev can't be traded until August. So maybe the Jazz are waiting for a larger deal that includes Patrick Beverly. Who knows? Nothing is impossible. I guarantee you that, that A, Danny Ainge and that front office have a bar. The, if you're below the bar, you're not getting Donovan Mitchell. If you're I above the bar, you're getting Donovan Mitchell. I also think that Danny Ainge and that front office have two plans, plan A and plan B. Plan A, Donovan's here. This is where we're going. Plan B, Donovan's not here. This is where we're going. And I guarantee you as part of that process, they have a plan they like more than the other one. And in my opinion, I like the Donovan Mitchell is here plan a lot more than the Donovan Mitchell's not here plan. I would agree. Good morning to Cody Strickland. Said he just came in the room. Mike Maples. Uh, by the way, Mike, also a lover of the Air Jordan 11. Yes. The Concords, the Carolina Blues. The cool grays. I am, yeah, the cool. I, I had the very tough decision in my life, Mike Maples, this morning because Mike tweeted at me about 11s last night. Yeah. It's like, man, which 11 do I wear? Do I wear, the black, do I wear the black and white low? Do I wear the all white low 11? Do I wear the cool grays? Right. So you were in the pressure cooker in the shoe room. Which and is you a had daily to perform. thing. You had to perform. Now, how did you go about choosing which one you were going to wear? Because it's tough. You know, I just put my hand on the box. Uh-huh. Whoa. Whoa. I put my hand on the box, <laughs> and I felt an electric shock run through my groinal region when I touched the uh, Air Jordan 11 Jubilee 25th Anniversary Edition. So that's what we have on our feet What's this morning. erection? And Mike Maples, it's all your fault. Uh, he, Mike says uh, the Jazz are also showing Don how much they value him, so there's no reason for him to be upset at any of this. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, Compass says Don equals Nick. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, not yet, man. Not yet. Not yet. I, I, I don't think so. Mark Barrington, good morning to you, sir. And on the flip side, no one wants to pay it if it's not going to sell. Excuse me. He said, first, it's odd. There seems to be attitude for some that it's unfair that Ainge is asking for what he is. It's like anything. The price has been set. If you can meet it. Yeah. Great. If you don't, don't get the hell it. out of here. I, I think that's a very salient point, Mark. I really do. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Theranat says two Knicks haters. I'm not a Knicks hater. I grew up. Patrick Ewing was one of my favorite players as a kid. Yeah. I am not a Nick hater at all. 
So you can say we're being Nick haters. And this is why we say we are always the truth in sports radio. When you're ready to talk sports and you want the truth on a certain topic, come to the Monty Show. Because whether you like us or hate us, you know you're going to get the truth. And the truth is, Danny Ainge is forcing the Knicks to blink. And if they don't blink, back away from it. Because I also got to tell you, I think there's a lot of value in the Knicks not making this deal. Yes. I think that the, the it's like officiating. And hockey is the perfect example. Right. The call that you don't make is always the most impactful one. It's the trade you don't make that generally is the most impactful one. Yep. Because you're going to hang on to six first-round picks and three young players. But the problem is is that, historically speaking, the draft hasn't been kind to the Knicks. They haven't done a good job. I don't and disagree again, and with that's that. that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, again, if you want to say we're haters, fine. I guess I'm cool with that. But I just don't think we're hating. Like, I think that right now where the Knicks are at is, yeah, the ownership hasn't been great. The front office execution hasn't been great. I, I You know, like, I think R.J. Barrett was a, was a good pick, no doubt about it. But I think that, that overall, with where you are right now, there's a lot of work to be done. You have assets on that team, but you need a guy that brings them all together, like, you know, like a Donovan Mitchell or a guy of that caliber. And that's the problem. You can't be so thirsty on one guy that you give up the entire farm to get him. That's I, not I just good enough. wouldn't look. It, yeah. If you watch this show ever, you know I am a huge believer in Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up four picks for Don. I'm not giving up four first round picks. And you know the guy I'm really not giving up? I'm not giving up Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. I'm not doing it. And look, I, I, I Donovan, I love you, man. But I, I, you, four first round picks, six first round picks. Yeah. Nah, man. I'm not doing that. The Knicks are in a great position. Y'all feel you're, me? You're, yeah, you're finally in control of yourself. Why would you give all this up to get Donovan Mitchell? I'm just. I'm not doing that. I know he's from Westchester County. I know he's a local guy. I know his dad works for None the of Mets. that matters. None of that matters. None I'm not giving matters. up six picks for Donovan Mitchell. With all due respect, I think Don is an absolute killer. Too bad. I'm not giving up six picks to get him. Yeah. And, and listen, in the comments section, obviously we have a, a lot of Nick fans on the show today based on what the comment section says. You know, like, I, I just don't. I, I don't think you can do that. You I know, think like, the Nick dude, I agree the Knicks are in a great spot right now. And and I also think that part of this conversation is when you have as much assets as they do, there's a certain level of like giddiness and responsibility in that. Like, yeah, you do have a lot of assets. Yeah, you do have the ability to make deals. But this is where good basketballing and bad basketballing happens. The good teams take advantage of these situations and know the deals they want to make and those deals pan out and now all of a sudden you're a contender. The bad teams go the exact opposite direction. Yep, totally agree. Compass says, uh, I think Mitchell Robinson will have a great 2023. Yes. I absolutely agree. I agree. I love Mitch. I wanted Mitchell Robinson to be a bull. Dude, the athleticism I that wanted he brings him to, be to the bull. floor is second to none, man. Yep. At that size. Ooh, look at Big L uh, 139 Lennox. Big L. The Knicks have more leverage. Okay, let's explore Let's this. hear it out. Yeah, let's explore this. Um, he says they can use their picks and young players to get any player that becomes available. Mm -hmm. Jazz need to unload Donovan. The situation's already toxic. Actually, it's not. It's not. See, this is it's a big not. misconception, bro. It's not a toxic situation. At Donovan all. Donovan is not asked for a trade. Donovan and Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge are very much on the same page about this process. 
Uh, I would guess again. I don't. This isn't sourced information or anything, but I would guess that that Donovan Ryan and Danny Ainge are are on the same page about what's happening. Hey, we're not looking to trade you, but if the Knicks come calling with fifty-seven picks and eighteen players, then yeah, we're not going to be an idiot and not take that yeah. offer. You know, I don't think the Knicks have all the leverage in this situation, and. and Again, I, I just want to make this clear. I, I talk to people at the Jazz on a like two, three times a week. Like I talk to people at the Jazz on a pretty regular basis. And they've been pretty good for us. The, the Jazz, the, the, the people we talk to around the NBA, man, I've been doing this gig for 30 years, man. Like I, I, this is not my first rodeo. I'm going to say this again. I covered Kobe and Shaq every day in Los Angeles. Trust me, you know when it's toxic. Yeah. The issue in the Jazz locker room was Rudy Gobert and his obsessive and constant complaining. And I also think I, I'm more into, and I think Spence Checkets at ESPN 710 was the first one that had it, but... I also agree with Spence and others who have said George Niang is the guy that you miss in this locker room, mm -hmm. right? I, it, it's it's not Joe Ingles, it's jo it's George Niang. But now that you've cleaned house of those three guys, Donovan Mitchell is going to get a chance to lead this team if they don't make this deal. So when you talk about leverage and you talk about the situation with the, the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell, I'm telling you right now, Donovan Mitchell, while he's not buddy-buddy and, hey, it's all love, bro, with Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge, he does not at all need to be traded. Yeah. He has never, not one time, according to my sources at the Jazz, asked to be traded or demanded to be traded. Donovan Mitchell has done one thing very well this summer. Not said two words. Mm -hmm. He has not spoken to anybody. He tweets about the Mets. He instas about working out and playing basketball. He's not talking. Fast. And that's because I think Donovan Mitchell realizes he's got an incredible amount of proving to do. Yep. And I think what you're seeing is you're looking at a guy in Donovan Mitchell who is just fine coming back to Salt Lake City. So my guy, Big L 139 in Lennox, I, I, I respectfully disagree. I respectfully disagree. Crystal Ball TV says Knicks should give all their picks. Jazz will suck for the next three years. I totally disagree with that. If this trade were to happen, if you trade Donovan Mitchell, you're going to be a 40-win team maybe, mm -hmm. 35 wins. That means you will own, by the way, your pick this coming season. A year from now, you will have drafted on your own pick. Yeah. You win 35 games. That's probably a pretty good pick. Is that going to get you VW in this draft? Probably not. But as a Utah Jazz fan, how palatable is a rebuild? I mean, is that... A one-year rebuild? Well, is that a rebuild? Yeah, I think it is. I think they... Because the other thing is, I don't think Ryan Smith has an appetite to suck for five years. Yeah. I just... You didn't hire Danny Ainge to do that. Yeah. You That's just never didn't. been the Danny Ainge way. No. Alex Chacon, Knicks fans are acting like Don is... And publicly requested a trade. New York has no leverage. That is that is my feeling as well. I, again, I much more am aligned with that I, way of thinking. I think you have to understand that if you're if you're a Nick fan, you know, and you live in New York, like how else are you gonna view this? I mean, with all due respect, I'm not even I'm not even trying to hate. Like I think it, it depends on your perspective, but but I we can definitively tell you on the show that the the situation in Utah, uh with the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell is not toxic. It is not at all tumultuous or, you know, issue-based or anything. I, I, they're very much 
on the same page. And and that's why I say, like, compare Donovan Mitchell's behavior to what we've seen out of the East Coast stars. You know, the James Hardens and the Kevin Durant's and the Kyrie Irvings. Donovan Mitchell, again, hasn't said anything, and he's just been working. I what a, Like, there's no issue. That's why I say, like, you know, again, I, I don't expect, with all due respect, I don't expect the Knicks fans here to to think that this is a great situation because of, you know, frankly, their perspective. But I'm telling you, man, if you're a Knicks fan, you need to listen. You need to listen well. This situation is not tumultuous. There's not issues. Donovan Mitchell hasn't asked for a trade. They don't need to trade Donovan Mitchell. They're not burning it to the ground. None of that's happening. This is purely a, hey, Jimmy Dolan is is ringing the phone repeatedly. Leon Rose is ringing the phone. Danny's going to listen. If they want to meet the bar, the deal will get done. If they don't, it won't get done. It's literally that simple. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that um, – I think it's very interesting that you – you hear all of these trade rumors. And and I think one of the other guys that you have to to talk about when it comes to the Jazz making trades is I think you got to talk about Malik Beasley a little bit mm-hmm. because I think Malik Beasley has value around the league. You want to talk about and a prove-it deal. I, and, well, and I, I think Malik Beasley's a guy that, that the Lakers would have incredible interest in. I think the Dallas Mavericks have incredible interest in Malik Beasley. I think the Miami Heat have incredible interest in Malik Beasley because that mofo knocks down the three. Yep. And I think that when you look at Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, yeah, those guys are definitely in trade conversations. I think they're going to struggle to trade Mike Conley for any kind of value. Boyan Bogdanovich and Malik Beasley may damn well be two of their three most valuable players in trade markets, with Pat Bev being the third when he's eligible to be traded. So I think if you trade trade those guys, I, I don't know what you are. If you are Donovan Mitchell, what do you have left to compete with here? But well, then again, then again, if you're Donovan Mitchell and, and you come back and, and it's Vanderbilt and it's Malik Beasley and Well, I think what's exciting for Donovan Mitchell is you have a new situation. That that's what's exciting. Like But I also think what's more exciting than that is that you can score thirty points a night. Yeah. I think if if Donovan Mitchell comes back as the only asset on this team and and you're you're you have a bunch of younger guys that you know, the Walker Kesslers of the world, who the world knows what Jared Butler's gonna be, mm-hmm. like if you come back with that ilk of player, man, I, I think Donovan Mitchell's going to be a guy that doesn't have to worry about passing much, and his mid-range is going to get a hell of a lot of work. feel me? And I think if that's the case, I think there is a, you know, I think there's a lot of reason to believe that that there's going to be a lot of that. But again, Alex, I agree with you. I think I think Nick fans believe that they have all the leverage, and I, I don't think they do. Uh, Rob Turner says, Danny Ainge is Boston. He will screw over the Knicks when he gets every chance. <laughs> well... I mean, they're you're not wrong. There probably is something. Yeah, you're to not that. wrong. Uh, BB says, "When do we move on from the Knicks trade and and try to add to this team?" I agree, but I don't know what that looks. What do you mean, add to this team? Because <clears throat> if you were trying to add to this team, I think if you go to training camp right now, as constituted, you're a 40 win team, 45 win team. I think if you made, let's say, you make the Knicks trade, I think you're probably a 35, 40 win team. You're just slightly below because you're going to get an incredible haul of talent. Yeah. I think you're not going to training camp with this roster. I just don't think you are. I think you're probably going to get another first for Patrick Beverly. I think you're probably going to bring in a center. And I I still maintain that there's, and nobody agrees with me, but I have to believe that there's, there is value in a John Collins deal for the jazz. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Nobody agrees with me. I've asked 10,000 people. And I've had like, of the five or six people I've talked to this, this scenario about, I've had two people say, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. But Atlanta would really like to be involved in a Kevin Durant conversation and they just have never gotten started there. So I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. But I still maintain that there are bigger deals with young fish to fry for Danny Ainge. Like, I honestly think they could be involved in a John Collins deal. I, I think that's not out of the realm of possibility. So I think, again, I think they're going to trade. I think they're going to trade Malik Beasley. I think they're going to trade Boyan. And I think they're going to trade Pat Bev. And I think if that happens, I think you're a 40-45 win team. Yeah. Max. Max. If you trade Donovan, I think you're probably a 35-win team, Max. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to trade Don. Honestly, I don't. I mean, I just I look at I look at the way things break out, and I just think that you're 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 retooling right now at this moment. James Knight says Jingles has left a gaping hole in that locker room. He hasn't, James. Um, and, and with all due respect, I I think that, and again to his credit, Spence Checkets at, at ESPN 700 is the one that had this first. But I think that I think that Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert had the ten tendency to grind on people. And I think we've been talking about for two years that Rudy Gobert was a chemistry problem. And I think up until about six weeks ago, six, eight weeks ago, right when, right when Quinn Snyder decided not to return, that's the first time I'd ever heard that Joe Ingles was a problem in the Jazz locker room. And that, because Joe Ingles is a renowned ball buster. But Joe Ingles was also a put my, put my arm around you and make you feel better guy. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of people. I think, I think Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert didn't have a good relationship at all, and I think that Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell had an okay, tepid relationship. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that Joe was necessarily a problem. I just think that Joe was a grinder on certain people. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Bolton, what's up, my man? He leaves us a dollar sixty six tip. Okay. Thank you. Uh, P.O. Dub says, we want Gobert. Well, I hope by we, you mean you're a Timberwolves fan. Uh, Jason Cubs dad says, Don can walk in three years. The retool needs to happen fast so Don doesn't walk. Agreed. Three years is, might as well be a decade. I mean, do you know how long three years is in the NBA? No, I mean, I think you get. To, I think Danny gets to define it, though. I think that Danny Danny Ainge's actions, to you know, to commenter's point there, is, is well affected for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Jazz have in the draft. It will. I, I'm far more interested in in what the Lakers do because I think the Lakers in the Western Conference are a really important situation. I mean, if you if the Lakers acquire more shooting, yeah, and if they do make a Kyrie Irving deal, that completely changes the landscape of the NBA. I mean, we just it, need it, something it really to does. happen, bro. Like we need that to happen, or a Kevin Durant deal to happen, or something. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Valenti, uh, good morning to you, Kurt. He says the Jazz have nothing besides Mitchell. Nothing. Full tank mode, take the Knicks six picks and McBride and Cam Reddish, Utah in tank mode. Well, the problem is the Knicks aren't offering six picks. I, I think, I, was that a joke? I think that might have been a joke. Okay. I, I hope I don't know. I, yeah, Maybe I'm wrong. You know. Time goes fast, Mont. Caleb says, yes, it does. Does, it moves. Yes, it does. Compass says, hope uh, hope the Knicks a playoff team next year. I think they will be. I think the Knicks are far better. Yeah, I think the Knicks been. are a playoff team, man. They've been. I, I yeah. think there is some awkwardness around Derrick Rose right now as well. I heard that yesterday too, that um, 
Derrick Rose is a guy that doesn't really have a role on that team now. Like, what's his role on this team? Who yeah. are you? I mean, like, who are you? T- what young guy are you taking minutes away from to play Derrick Rose? Yeah, he Derrick Rose needs a new organization. There's no doubt. Yeah, I I, I think that's in, that's interesting. You know, and I I think I also wonder. You know, the the other thing I wonder about the Knicks is what what is R.J. Barrett's ceiling? Is R.J. Barrett ever first team All NBA? I don't think there's that ever happens. Yeah, I I I don't. Is he a is he a perennial All Star? Yeah. Most years he'll compete for an all-star spot. Yeah. But is he ever like a foundational building block piece to the the best team in the NBA? No. I don't think he's that guy. Nope. I don't. And I know people lost their ever-loving minds over me saying that I felt like R.J. Barrett was soft. I think he is soft. And I don't mean that, oh, like some guy on Twitter was like, oh, he runs people over in the lane. Okay, cool. That doesn't mean he's not soft. Rudy Gobert is soft as hell. Yeah. Well, he jokes on people. Yeah, he does, but he's soft as hell. Yeah. Like, R.J. Barrett, to me, is not a guy that I want to hand the ball to and say, go get me a win. He just isn't that guy. You know, he's not a, a Jalen Green. He's not a, a Cade Cunningham. He's not, a, he's, not, he's not that guy. Yeah. I want guys. I want, I want guys with swag and demeanor and presence on the floor that that it in, is intimidating. R.J. Barrett's not intimidating anybody. I want it. You know, like he he just he's not. Yeah. And I understand Jimmy Butler talked in in wonderful terms about R.J. Barrett. That doesn't mean he's not soft as hell. I'm sure he's a perfectly fine human being in a good basketball. He's player. He's a very good like, basketball player. I'm sure player. that. It's it's it. The conversation isn't whether he's good at playing basketball. Obviously, he is. It's about, hey, can I can I build my team around this guy? And I don't think that we can't say that yet. I don't think he's there yet. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Asler, good morning to you. Before we get to uh, the Pac-12 in San Diego State, so people can lose their mind over that as well. <laughs> uh, Ainge will do just one of these two. Keep and build around Mitchell and contend or trade him for at least four picks, Grimes and Obi. Salary filler for Evan. I don't want to see Rose getting cut for a second time. I, I It's a very interesting situation with Derrick Rose. Yeah. And I personally am not... I'm not, I don't think Obi Toppin is enough for me. No. You know, like I, no. I don't think, I don't think it's enough for me. That's just me though. I, I it's mean, the picks and several players, man. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Um, let's get some people on. Wow. Comment dump. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Uh, Dish Dash 73. RJ is far from soft. You guys are crazy. So when I say soft, I mean mentality. I'm not saying he's not got a great NBA body. He does. I'm not saying that he doesn't go through the paint. He does. When I say soft, like he can be had. He's not a killer. And if I'm going to pay a guy a max contract, I want a killer. Who's a killer in the league, in your estimation? I I, I, I think, who, look at the guys on max deals. Kevin Durant. Look at the $50 million player, Devin Booker. Look at Steph Curry. Look at, I mean, you look at the guys Jason making Tatum. the most money. Not yet. Jason Tatum is soft, in my opinion, because you can have him. You can you can have Jason Tatum. He is. It, you are made by your biggest moments, and this is on book a little bit as well. As much of a book fan as I am, I wish he would have performed at a higher level in the finals. I mean, you you, you haven't right like that game four by Steph Curry, clutch. I mean, that's what you need. So. 
I look at a guy like Bradley Beal, I would take Bradley Beal on my team. I like Bradley Beal a lot. I, 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 I do I want Tatum or Beal? Well, Tatum's a younger player, but if I'm in a, in the NBA Finals or in a huge situation, I'm probably still going Jason Tatum based on what his potential is. But I'd rather have Curry. I'd rather have. I think the two guys on the Clippers are. We forget about them. Paul I'd George and Kawhi. I, I, I'd rather have Kyrie with the ball in his hand with the NBA Finals on the line. I, I, I'd rather have Kevin Durant. I'd rather have Kawhi and Paul George. I'd rather have. Yeah. You know, like I just Jimmy I, Butler. I, I like Jimmy Butler a lot. I think. I think Jimmy Butler is an absolute ball buster when the ball is in his hands. Demar, I love Demar. But again, Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine is a guy that you can be you can be can be had. Yeah, he's I soft. think he he's soft. I I look at Demar. I'd I'd far more value Demar Derozan than Zach Levine. Dame, I think Dame is money. I think Dame's a guy I want. Um, but I I just think that a guy like R.J. Barrett has a lot of proving to do. He can absolutely prove me wrong, and I hope he does. I think the NBA is a better place when the Knicks are contending for championships. And that's what nobody talks about, I feel like. Everyone wants to say, oh, well, everyone hates on the Knicks. Well, everyone's tired of the Knicks sucking. Everyone's tired of the Knicks not being, the like, not being, you know, a contender. We're waiting for them for that to happen, man. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Dax gives us a $20 tip. Thanks, Uncle Thank Dax. You. Appreciate Thank you, you being here. Uh, James Knight says, yeah, Book showed that mental toughness to the mascot. So let me get this right. No. no don't go down the rabbit hole. Right. Don't do it. Uh, TJ McVay says, name one former Duke player that isn't soft. Well, there is that. Uh, Kyrie Caleb, Irving? I really am a Kyrie fan. As a basketball player, I really like Kyrie. But I just don't think he loves the game. I don't think Kyrie Irving loves playing in the NBA. No, I think I, I think Kyrie Irving loves basketball, just generally speaking. But I think Kyrie likes Kyrie too much. That's I the think problem. Kyrie doesn't like being a professional basketball player. Yeah. I think Kyrie. Irving, you mean the process? Yeah, I just don't think he loves the idea of playing eighty-two nights a year and then twenty more and training camp. And I think Kyrie likes being rich. I think Kyrie likes being famous. Yeah, I think he likes wearing nice clothes and. I just holding the Brooklyn Nets over a barrel. You know, I, I just don't think he wants to be the guy. Yeah, I, I, that I, you know, I mean, Caleb says R.J. Barrett isn't even a star player. Man, Knicks fans overrate the hell out of him. Yeah, uh, Mark Barrington says Stephen Jackson not soft. He made love to pressure. Sweet, sweet love. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, Rugs eighty nine New York says this must be a low level fan base if you think. Demon Ainge going to fleece the Don. It would have happened already. Well, the funny thing is now uh, you, you, yeah. you now you you're hearing the Knicks are frustrated with Danny Ainge, <laughs> and that the Knicks really want to make this trade. Man, Danny that, is in your guys's head, man. He is. He is in your head. He is. He is. Uh, Asgill says, "I like the chat better when the delusional Knicks fans weren't around. Knicks fans are great." But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Knicks I want to be really clear on this. So. So you have to understand, you have to be able to put yourself in a Knicks fan's shoes. Like, again, with all due respect, I don't mean this in a way where I'm like hating on the Knicks. I think we can all agree. Everybody wants the Knicks to be a contending team. The Knicks are one of those nameplate teams that when they are good, the league is better. When Melo was draining it for the Knicks, everyone was thrilled about that. Like, let's be really clear. Listen, man, I grew up 
admiring Oakley and admire, I loved Patrick Ewing. Yes. We need Jeff Van Gundy hanging on to somebody's leg. I need Larry Johnson. I need Alan Houston. I need Mark Jackson. I yes. need Starbury. I need, I need it. I want big games at the garden. Yeah. You know, I want big games at the garden. That, that is, I'm just, I'm almost desperate for that. Yeah. You know, like it, it's just. I want the Knicks on Christmas day, dude. I yeah. want it. Yeah. Where's Antonio Ruiz? Antonio Ruiz says 26 and three and not an all-star. But 20 points, what is what is 20 points in the NBA? Like, if you look at, if you look at... You got to be 25 plus to be elite, in my opinion. You know, like, because you're not, it's it's really tough. The, the Only the, the tippy, tippy top of the league scores 30 plus. I mean, those are, those are Kevin Durant level guys. But anyone over 25, those 26 are, a I night. I mean, those are Giannis. Those are... Yeah. I mean, you, you got to put up, you got to put up numbers. So here are the guys that are over 20 points a night. On a regular basis, Tyrese Maxey, DeMar DeRozan, DeAndre Hunter, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brunson, Carl Anthony Towns, CJ McCollum, Pascal Siakam, RJ Barrett or Pascal Siakam. That's tough, bro. That's really tough. No, it's not. Pascal Jake. Siakam Jake, is soft, bro. you shut your mouth. Hey. Pascal Siakam scores 22 points a game. Don't sass me, Burkus. Jalen Brown. Devin Booker, Joel Embiid. Let's bump this up to, do you have, like, what about, like, 22, 23 points? All right. Because I feel like 20 is a little low. 22 points a game. CJ McCollum, Pascal Siakam, Jalen Brown, Devin Booker. Like, if you look at these, if you look at, and those are, like, those are guys scoring points in the playoffs. All right. Let's look at regular season, let's say. Let's just look at regular season. Joel Embiid averaged 30.6 points a game Jesus. in the regular season. But okay, but that so he's a great example of a guy who's not soft. He wants to end. You know you, who bro. else is soft? Guess who averaged 20 points a game last year? Tyler Hero. Soft as hell. Yeah. Get out of here. This like is empty. RJ Barrett 20 points. Chris Middleton or RJ Barrett because they both averaged 20 points Middleton. a game. Middleton. I'm taking Middleton, Middleton all every day single day. Conversation. Here are the other guys that are a 20 point a game guys. Yeah. Julius Randle, LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges. God, he's so screwed. LaMelo Ball or RJ Barrett? LaMelo Ball by a lot. Why do you say by a lot? On the ball, three point shooter gets everybody else involved. That's Superstar fair. player. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, Tyler Hero, DeJounte Murray, Anthony Edwards, Darius Garland. James Harden. Yeah, like I'm I'm taking Anthony Edwards over RJ all day, bro. CJ McCollum. Yeah. Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Here's 23 points a game. De'Aaron Fox. Jalen Brown or RJ Barrett? Come on, guy. You're taking Jalen Brown every day. That's not even a real question, bro. You're taking Jalen Brown every day. Yeah, that's not even a real question. What are we talking about? Yeah. Zach Levine, Carl Anthony Towns, Steph Curry averaged 25 points a game last year. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell or RJ Barrett? The fuck Dude. out of here. It's Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Come on. Are, are you serious? Did you hesitate? Pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. I didn't hesitate. Donovan Mitchell. And I think the, the the most important piece here is not even the stats. It's the mentality. I mean, Donovan wants to end you. But I'm he's just, got wait, 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 wait. Donovan Mitchell or R.J. Barrett? Donovan Mitchell. Okay. You hesitated. No, I didn't. Don't drop me there, Hezzy. I didn't hesitate. No, Hezzy. I was saying that wasn't a conversation. Don. Yeah. Don. Yeah. Don. Huh. That said, I think Don. RJ can get in, can help himself. 
He's he's got a lot of growing, but he's he's very young. You got to remember, RJ Barrett's what? Yeah. 20, How old is RJ Barrett? I think he's twenty years old. Is he still only 20? 20, 21, something like that. But I mean, you look at the guys at the top he's of this 22. league. RJ Barrett's twenty two. He's twenty two. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, 26 points. Book, 26.8. Tatum, 26.9. Nikola freaking Jokic. Yeah, Mr. 50 a year. MVP in 27 points a game. Do you understand how different 27 points is than 20 points on a nightly basis in the NBA? Come on. Come on. I just think that, I think when you look at R.J. Barrett, he's a younger player than Donovan. I totally get that. Donovan Mitchell's on a different level than R.J. Barrett. Yeah. And I would take... King Trey Vlog says, I'm taking RJ over over Mitchell. RJ's 21 years old. That's wild, bro. I why? I can't can, see can that. you can you and I'm legitimately asking. I'm not even trying to, to be disrespectful or troll or anything. Like what why? I understand why if you put Donovan and RJ on the same floor together in the same uniform. Well, okay. it works. Yeah. Uh, that's lovely. Mainly because RJ's but, a left-handed player and, and you know that that makes space. But on their own, I don't know. Uh, Keith Turner says, I'm a dedicated Nick fan, and these guys are right. We overrate RJ way too much. I even say that myself. Yeah. But I, I think, think it's, it's a fascinating say, conversation. Listen, listen, I really do. And we do need to get to football here. But I think it is important to say that, that yeah, sure, while Nick fans do overrate RJ Barrett immensely most times, I do think th- the national media and, and maybe even us – underrate just how valuable he can be in four to five years. No, that bro, development bro. curve is, is it could be massive. Do you know what we underrate? We underrate Donovan Mitchell. Well, yeah. And, and maybe I'll be the guy that will sit here and say this. I'm telling you now, it is July 21st, 2022. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell is going to average 30 points a, a game the first half of this season. Yeah. And I don't care where he is. Yeah, I mean, it could be truly one. It could be a special season for him, I, I, man. Like, I, I'm telling you that yeah. Donovan Mitchell's upside is top five player in the NBA. Yeah. R.J. Barrett's upside is not top five player in the NBA. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that. that. I, I haven't that. seen that guy yet. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've not. And I don't. I like R.J. I don't see him as a top five player. R.J. Barrett's never better than Jason Tatum or Devin Booker or he's never going to be that guy. No, R.J. Barrett is much more Zach Levine, DeMar, that But is he ever of... the mid-range player that DeMar DeRozan is? I think DeMar DeRozan is arguably the best mid-range player in the NBA. Yeah, but DeMar's not a winner. That's the problem. Well, he hasn't. You know what I mean? That, uh, you know what I mean? So, I like, DeMar's one of those all. guys that is an absolute savage in the regular season. Love watching him play. Would totally buy his jersey. Like, that's who DeMar is for me. Um, but he's not a winner. That's yeah. the problem. I agree. You guys have been amazing on the comments. I, I, am, I see so many of you asking why I'm not reading people's I'm trying. There's just so many. I'm trying. James Knight says, yes, get to football when the comments are flooded with NBA stuff. Well, well, by the way, it's an NBA show, bro. And it is our, our show. By the way, if you're here right now, long. all the Knicks fans, all the people in the comments, please hit the like button. It really helps the channel grow. Yeah, we have 296 people here. If you could give us a thumbs up, please. That If just half of you give us a thumbs up right now, uh, that really helps the channel grow. And hey, again, don't forget, uh, we are giving away a trip for two. And if you're national, if you're not in Utah, and I know we have a lot of Knicks fans today, you want to go and see Notre Dame take on BYU at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. We are giving uh, two tickets and two nights in a hotel in Las Vegas. Thanks to our friend Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. Um, and if you need if you need mortgage help, no matter where you are, 
Call the number on your screen right now, 801-543-9666, 801-543-9666. Devery Davis has done three mortgages for me and my family. He's done mortgages for all of my friends. He is, he is amazing. The guy gets it. If you have a question about your mortgage, the very basic question of, can I afford to buy a house right now? Yeah. Call Devery Davis and ask him that question Thanks. because you deserve it. You're busting your ass in your life. You deserve to own a home. If that's where your heart is, call Devery Davis. He'll make that happen for you. 801-543-9666 is the number to call Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. The guy is an absolute savant when it comes to mortgages. We, we, have, we have talked to him at length about real estate. Um, and the guy is just amazing. And again, he's put me in a position now where I have a, an incredibly low percentage rate. Um, I am, I was in a great position. Um, he got me the most, you know, advantageous mortgage that I could get. He'll do the same for you. All you got to do is call Devery Davis, 801-543-9666, NMLS number 278-545, Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are an equal housing lender, and they are the presenting sponsors for our BYU Notre Dame drive away to see BYU in Las Vegas taking on Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series on October 8th. Hook it up now. A couple more NBA uh, comments because I do see that all of you are here um, and really appreciate you uh, reaching out today. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, got you, James. That's what I'm here for. What up? James Knight says, thanks for being media manager, Greg. <laughs> You know, um, I say I'm just fired up to be here today. Greg Hawkins says back in the day when the Monty show had 40 live viewers, it was a lot easier to read all the comments. We got 300 viewers. Now, if, if they read all the comments, there wouldn't be time for anything else. Correct. Yeah. And you guys, again, I, I, a week from tomorrow, we are going to make a massive announcement on this show. Yes. About things the are coming about the future of this show. We could not do anything that we're doing right now without you. Guys like Greg Hawkins, James Knight, certainly you have been one of the best, best parts of this show. Uh, Eric and Raleigh, not so much. But anyway, my point is, <laughs> that was a joke, Eric. No, relax. No, no. Relax. <laughs> you know, take, take the Jim Rome approach. Less of you and more of me. Yes, exactly yes, yes. Right. Thank you. Uh, but we couldn't do what we do without without you guys. I mean, you guys are phenomenal. Um, again, that we have 264 viewers here that you guys are giving us likes. Hit the like button. It really helps the show grow. Um, we have a massive announcement next week. It is it is going to be... It is going to change the way we do business. Big Al 139 and Lennox says they're just trying to hype up uh, DM's value and try to get the Knicks fleeced. I, I personally don't want the Jazz to trade Donovan. When, when you're an NBA fan, a lot of times you don't have perspective on, hey, Donovan Mitchell's phenomenal. We're lucky to watch him every night. Dude's put up 26 a night right now. I grew up taking Michael Jordan for granted. So when I got to LA and covered Kobe and Shaq, I never took that for granted. Yeah. Like, I don't take for granted just how damn talented Donovan Mitchell is. And I don't want to see them trade him. But if they do, I totally understand it. I'm not convinced they will. Uh, Tristan, uh, Tristram West says pushing the like button should always be a prerequisite when you're watching a show for more than five minutes. I agree. Tristram. And I appreciate you saying that. Yep. Nick Yak says he said, RJ Barrett is, uh, not two five. Who, who, who said he is only five is top five. So knock RJ who asked to play out of position at small forward. I don't disagree with that. I, I'm not knocking RJ Barrett. We were talking about, in the parlance of this conversation, I said to R.J. Barrett, 
doesn't project, in my mind anyway, in my opinion, R.J. Barrett doesn't project to ever be one of the top five players in the NBA. Yeah. So I think Donovan Mitchell does. I'm not knocking Donovan Mitchell for that. I'm not knocking R.J. Barrett for that. And sometimes I think we do that in the, in as NBA fans and, and people who love the game. I feel like sometimes we knock guys for their potential when they're young. Like, yes. like if R.J. Barrett projected, to, like Devin Booker is a perfect example. Hey, Devin Booker projects to be top five guy in the league in three years. So why isn't he there yet? Get your ass there. Like, you let us down. Like, like we tend to do that, and I don't think we should. But I, but I think with R.J. Barrett, I have to agree, I don't think R.J. Barrett has top five potential. I think that R.J. Barrett has top 15 potential for sure. I, you know, and top 10 is probably the max. But that said, that doesn't mean he's a crap player. That doesn't mean that R.J. Barrett all of a sudden can't be on a championship team. I just don't think he's the centerpiece of a championship team. I think he can be a guy on a championship team, though, for sure. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really good point. That is a it, it, That's a really good point. I agree with you. Uh, let's see. Hayabusa says, nobody can buy a house. Oh, completely not true. Call Devery, dude. I'm telling you, man. Call the guy. I, and Hayabusa, I don't know where you are. Call Devery Davis. Yeah. I 801 No, like, I'll put the number on yeah, the screen. do it. Call the guy. Call him. Because I, I think you're crazy. 801-543-9666. Devery Davis is the kind of guy where if you call him and you're like, hey, I, I live here, right, and this is my situation, what do you think I could go and get? He'll tell you what it is, and he will definitely tell you what it not is, what it's not. Like, he's said to me before personally, hey, you shouldn't do that. That that will put you in a bad spot. Don't do that. And that's what I think is so valuable. You have to have a guy who is willing to say, hey, don't do that. Much like the Knicks need someone to say, hey, don't give up six first-round picks. Right? Yep. One and the same. NY Jazz fan uh, tips us $1.99. Appreciate that. Thank he you. says, new listeners, this show is unapologetic truths. We try to be that every day. We do. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, except for the Caruso slander. There is, you're the one who slanders Alex Caruso every day, and frankly, it hurts my soul. <laughs> Jeremy, it, it hurts my soul. You know, I understand that you are traumatized by your, uh, you know, warrior race mentality thing that you did last couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the race he did, but he did like one of those Ragnars. Ragnar! Like Jeremy Bolton, by the way, in all reality, Jeremy Bolton's a stud. Like, yeah. dude, I, I am so happy for you that you finished that race. Do you even lift? Fuck that. Like, I'm... What do you bitch? I've done... It, it was funny. We were at Max Muscle in South Jordan the other day talking, me, me and Mrs. Monty, talking about the day we did a Muddy Buddy race. <laughs> oh, is that a... No, oh. no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Dude. Bro. That's not a euphemism for sex. Stop it. Don't lie to me. It's not. I mean, it should be. It should be. There's nothing wrong with coming in the back door. Wow. House. Wow. You come in the wow. back. Like the garage. And the, you go in the back door. Wow. Yes, what? Yes, yes. Wow. What? Wow. Who comes in their front door anymore? What now? Let me tell you what now. Okay, Anyway, continue. the point is, we were, at, um, we were talking to our friends at Max Muscle about the Muddy Buddy race we did like a decade ago. Yeah. That almost killed me. To think about think about doing a Spartan race, nah, which is what I think Jeremy did. I'm good. Hell no. Nah, I'm good, bro. Hell no. Okay. Um, NY Jazz fan says you guys are my guys. Ah, uh, we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Jeremy Bolton says NY Jazz fan ditto. Greg Hawkins and his blue cheese as well. Get the hell out of here with blue cheese. Yeah, Greg Hawkins. All you New Greg York Knicks fans, are you ranch people or blue cheese yeah, people? Yeah, I, I mean, it's National Junk Food Day, so yeah. I guess we can hash this out in the comments right now, but 
Are you team blue cheese or are you team ranch? The hell out of here with blue cheese. If you if you roll up in here and you're like, oh hey man, can I get my NBA takes with a with a side of blue cheese crumbles? Obviously not. No. No, you can't. No, you can't. Oh God. Mrs. Monty wants to pipe in. Uh oh. Greg Hawkins and I will have all the blue cheese. Thank you. And can I get black olives with that blue cheese too? Oh, you can get an no. olive stuffed with blue cheese yeah. and actually oh, put that disgusting. in your martini. And that's actually not bad at all. I'll put, Bro. My, I'll put my stuffed olive in your martini. Oh, This was not a euphemism. Anyways, the refined people <laughs> will have some Roquefort. Thank you. Some right. Roquefort. More of Mrs. Monty in just moments. But first, we have to get to uh, this Pac-12 conversation um, because I think this is a huge moment in time for the Pac-12. Um. <clears throat> Very interesting comments in an article last night out of John Wilner in yeah. the San Jose Mercury News. Right. With a headline that says, Night Games Can Save the Pac-12. Okay, that has my attention. Nobody wants night games. Nobody wants, again, the example I always use several years ago when USC went to Pullman to die. Yeah. Nobody wants night games. Well, unless you're the Pac-12 trying to survive... Because I think this is one of the best takes I've ever seen. John Wilner in the San Jose Mercury News, who is easily the best Pac-12 insider that I think exists in the media, um, wrote a piece where he quoted a former ESPN executive who said, yeah, Pac-12 after dark gets you a million viewers on a Saturday night, and that's real money with real value to TV networks. And I think that's a very salient point. Because think about it this way. A 7 o'clock kick in Los Angeles is a 10 o'clock kick in New York. Mm-hmm. And if you've just watched Alabama Roll tide. wreck Texas in the SEC, boomer sooner. Um, <laughs> if you've just watched the big SEC late window game yeah, and you're jacked up and you want more football, you're going to flip on ABC or ESPN Thanks. to watch Pac-12 after dark. We all do it. and We all do. And my point is, if you're getting a million viewers, there's real money in that. And I think it's the one thing that could save the Pac-12. Now, hear me out on this as well, because I have come more and more around on the idea that the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are equally as valuable. Neither one of them is worth more than the other. If you're losing USC and UCLA, and you're still putting a million people on a TV on a Saturday night, Mm Mm-hmm or a Friday night in a late window kickoff for ESPN or Fox or whoever, there's real value in that. What's the Big 12 going to do? Because the Big 12 doesn't have an exclusive kickoff window Mm -hmm. like the Pac-12 does. And by the way, why haven't more teams been knocking down the door of the Big 12? Maybe, just maybe, all the critics were right when they said perhaps the Pac-12's not dead at all. And perhaps, now I could be wrong, but perhaps Pac-12 has more value than the Big 12. Mm. Pac-12 still got Oregon. Washington still hasn't left. Utah still hasn't left. Colorado still hasn't left. And oh, by the way, there's going to be a derby for San Diego State. Oh, so you lost USC and UCLA. (laughs) You don't have Southern California anymore. Well, until we add San Diego State, the Aztecs! If we add the Aztecs to the Pac-12, 
I had a seizure right there. I apologize. Uh, if, <laughs> if you add the San Diego State Aztecs to the Pac-12, and now you get a Orange County, Los Angeles, San Diego TV window for a uh, 11 o'clock Eastern kickoff mm-hmm. on ESPN versus Oregon versus Washington versus nobody cares institute of technology right a million people are probably going to watch a million but then again what if the big 12 goes gangsta and goes and gets san diego state and now all of a sudden that southern california late window belongs to the big 12 are we clear on that in a new football stadium in san diego they're playing football in a whale's vagina yeah and all of a sudden You've got Washington playing San Diego State, but it's a non-conference game. Mm -hmm. Or what if, call me crazy, what if BYU, who I mean literally could play, you know, the college of Lake County, some, you know, community college and get a million people to watch. Yep. Now what all of a sudden if it's a Southern California Big 12 conference game? Eight o'clock Pacific kickoff with BYU in San Diego State in the Big Twelve, and two million people watch. So it literally has nothing to do with San Diego State. It literally has everything to do with geography and the TV late and money. Window kickoff time that BYU already enjoys to a certain extent, that Utah enjoys to a certain extent, that San Diego enjoys to full extent. Right. I'm telling you right now, you've got to get San Diego State, and I've been saying it for a week. San Diego well, you've State. been saying San Diego State is is a key piece in the college football landscape for years. I absolutely think it is. Because if you want to survive, if you're the Pac-12 and you want to survive, you better figure out how to keep how to keep Southern California and it better not be blank school of polytechnics. Right? Are you like, out of your goddamn mind? You're losing UCLA and USC. You've got to have San Diego State. You need Southern California. Yeah. That's who you are if you're the Pac-12. You need SoCal. And the issue becomes rapidly the battle for San Diego State. And in my opinion, that's one of the most important conversations because the other thing you better realize is there ain't anybody in a hurry to sign a grant of rights for a decade in the Big 12 or the Pac-12. There's not a school on the planet that's like, hey, where do I sign my rights away for TV for 10 years in the Big 12? Yeah. Because if that were the case, Utah would have done that already. And if that were the case, San Diego State would have done that already. Mm-hmm. Nobody's doing that. Is it not alarming to anybody else besides myself that nobody has moved? Nobody. UCLA and USC shocked the world. Oregon's leaving. Okay. Where'd they go? Oh, the that's ink right. Isn't dry yet. They haven't gone anywhere. The ink isn't dry yet. They haven't gone anywhere, man. They haven't done anything. And and it just feels like this opportunity for somebody to do something. Well, and as usual, it's all about who's proactive. It's all about who's yes. willing to take the leap of faith. And I think that I think that that the other thing that, you know, from a geography standpoint that I think is so awesome for the Pac-12 from a leverage standpoint is you are in California. You are on the West Coast. You do have, you know, I think I think the stat was 6 of the top 30 major metros in the country. You know, you've got you know, all these major cities and major markets that are super attractive that people want to be involved in like like who wants to be involved in Oklahoma state right like 
with all due respect, it's not well, Southern it's California. It's water. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, if you can hey, put bro, that together, like... Look at the size of the antlers on that bull. Don't sass me, Burkus. Man! I thought they they took them hook'em horns to the SEC. All I'm saying is... Wow, that was terrible. All I'm saying <laughs> is... I think this is why what we talked about yesterday, the Big 12 in Notre Dame could be a really powerful marriage. Yeah. I mean, if 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 you want, if Notre Dame wants 75 to 100 million a year for TV, they need the Big 12. And if the Big 12 can get San Diego State to Bohica and sign that grant of rights, game changes. I, I, I think it's fascinating. Greg yeah. Hawkins gives us a $5 tip and says, John Wilner is fighting for his life out here. Yep. I think John Wilner does good work. Yeah, he definitely does great Absolutely. work, but, I, but I, I don't disagree with Greg in the sense that, that yeah, like if the Pac-12 were to evaporate and disappear and not be a thing anymore, that changes things for guys like John. It does. I totally agree with that. Um, let's, you guys, come on. Jeremy Bolton says, I once mistaked blue cheese for ranch and lost four years of my life. Thank come you. Come on, guy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Neville 93 says, uh, blue cheese no. is gross. Oh, okay. 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 Settle All right. Down. Okay. Fat Jesus says, "How do I tip you a cup of blue cheese, oh. bro? No, man, yogurt. Um, um you know, <laughs> I th it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, let's see. Eric and Raleigh says, no one east of Nevada stays up to watch Pac-12 football at 11 Eastern. Only they average a million viewers a year for Pac-12. Yeah, they're figuring after it out, and I don't, I don't know what that. You know, I, I have to be honest. I agree that someone in West Virginia, let's say. No, no, no. Is, no, it's Poughkeepsie, New York. Yeah, thank you. Poughkeepsie, New York is not staying up till 2 a.m. to watch Pac-12 football. But I do think your Midwestern person, your your mountain region person is definitely watching that game. I mean, I, I just think you are. You That's happening. Okay, wait. I, apparently, there is a, a, a typo in San Diego. Is San Diego State the most important team in college football? Uh, where's my typo at? Somebody want to tell me where my typo is? If I, you know. Uh, let's see. Justin Fazio gives us $5. Says, love your show, guys. Have you guys eaten at Slapfish? Yes, yes sir. Yes, we have, and it's good. Yes, sir. It's good. I would say Slapfish is good like once a month maybe. Oh, uh, he says um, the surf and turf lobster burger is yes. gas, guys. Take Mrs. Monty out there. Well, it is a date night because it's like $797 per meal. Yeah. Uh, but it's really good. The frit, the fish sandwich at Slapfish. Bomb. Yes, sir. The Bomb. lobster the lobster mac and cheese. How many likes we got on the show right now? Uh, 93. Come, Come on, on. Get us to 100, bro. Come on, you Get casuals. us to 100. Get us to 100. Seven more. That'd be Come great. on, please. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, lobster is my gospel. Uh, P.O.O.Dub uh, says, because people fall asleep with the TV on. Yes, they do. True. Who, who cares? It still gets him a million viewers. Yep. Uh, Louis Capazzo says, what? The Pac-12 is overrated? They can't win against most teams that are good. They better find a way. They better find a way. Because Oregon's going to have to carry that conference now. Oregon's going to have to carry that conference. Eric C. says, Aztec Nation, morning, Monty Town. <laughs> Eric C., there's my guy. There's my guy. Uh, let's see. Nick Yak says, wait for a better fit. Mitchell doesn't fit the Knicks' needs. They need a small forward. Don't disagree with that. Giggity says, with online gambling being legalized across the country, more people will be up late on the East Coast watching. Faux shizzle. Great point. There is no Great doubt point. about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Hain Lee. Hain Lee? 
The lobster roll I got was $32 and it was awful. Oh no. Slapfish's food is really hey, good. Hey, 100 likes on the show. Love you guys. Let's go. Good job. Great Joseph execution. Call says Tristam West Pac 12 grab San Diego State, Reno, Fresno, and Boise. Boise. They own late night. They would. They would. Michael Burton says, gave you a late like. Appreciate that. Thank you. James Knight says, the night games quote. The night games quote. Uh, okay. The night games quote. Are night games good for the Pac-12? Oh, because it says our night game. Good for the Pac-12 instead of games. Oh, the night. Oh, okay. Hang on. And, okay, so here's Hold the play-by-play. Play. He's editing the banner. Edit He's going to add okay, an S, S here. That's an Okay. A. All right. Um, yep. We got that. See. Okay. Uh, uh huh. Right. Let's see. Hold on. Uh huh. I'm going over here. Uh huh. Can't <coughs> type. Um, my fat sausage fingers. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Uh, yep. James. Okay. okay. Uh huh. Over here. Uh huh. Save. We got to go ahead and click that. Uh huh. Okay. Let's read. Go. Can you go ahead and read that out? Uh, what does that say? Um. Here. Let me... Are night games good for the Pac-12? Uh, parentheses, where is my 4X gold, James? Is that, James, is that grammatically correct? Like You, you got to turn Mrs. Monty up now. She, she'd she, like to contribute. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mrs. Monty. I mean, this is the quality content that we're here for. I mean, I mean yeah. he's just trying I mean, to help out. I mean, now right. it's grammatically correct. I mean, it's grammatically correct <laughs> as, far, as far as I'm concerned. I mean... And, and I'm going to be the dissenter in this con in, in oh, this God. conversation. Oh wow! You're, whoa! You're, you have a whoa! You have a massive whoa! Thing on my hip. Jeez, oh, Louise! Who is the camera guy here? We don't have a camera guy. Oh, that's probably no, the issue. no, 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 no. I I'm going to be the dissenter in this conversation. I actually did not like Slapfish. Oh! Okay, wait. How do I block Mrs. Hodge? Right? Somebody, wait. Somebody. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know. Yep. Damn. You know. Yep. <laughs> James Knight sends us two ninety nine for the edit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, See, James. I will. Uh, uh, somebody said last week we're all. Or no, um, our boy on uh, Pinky Blinders, Tommy. Whatever the Tommy hell. Tommy Shelby. Tommy Shelby. I'm. I can't remember my own name. Most. Yeah, of it's fine. It just, you know what? what? I, uh, we're all whores. It's just we sell different parts of our yeah. body or our podcast um, to get two ninety nine from James Knight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like we you know. fixed the the typo. We fixed it in it. Yeah, Yay! good stuff. It's more better and stuff. You know. Anyway, okay. my my point is. Wow. All right. Teddy Wayman gives us a laughing emoji. My point is. It's Thursday. Um, it is Thursday of next week. Uh, my point <laughs> is is that Notre Dame and the Big Twelve need to do a, a deal. And it doesn't mean that Notre Dame joins the Big 12. What it means, um, let's see, Kay Nuren says, Notre Dame to the Big 12 makes them great. Notre Dame doesn't enter the Big 12. What happens is Notre Dame and, and the Big 12 make an agreement with NBC where Notre Dame football remains independent. They're the primetime game. There's a Big 12 kickoff before it and a Big 12 kickoff after it yes. so that, that NBC can justify paying probably $400 million for football on USA Network. And NBC on, on the big NBC, right? Like because NASCAR has been, NASCAR has not been happy with their NBC deal. I think we all know that because they get moved around to CNBC. Like, come on, 
You want to get real about NBC Sports again and you want Bob Costas with pink eye after humping his pillow and at the Olympics? Okay, no. cool. Let's get back to the four no. rings. That happened. Like, for no. instance. Yeah. Bob Costas had a hooker fart on it. No, I'm kidding. No. It's, it didn't happen. It was a no. joke. Bob, don't sue me. I was Sometimes kidding. Sometimes I just have say to watch shit. Rutledge. Sample will come oh. out of Oh, Rutledge won. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Yeesh. okay. Uh, a couple more comments. Travis Bird says uh, Notre Dame's mascot looks like the Lucky Charms mascot with constipation. Wow. Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit more fiber in the diet. He's, uh, you know, you know, I don't disagree with that. I don't know. Uh, NY Jazz fan says BYU fans travel. People tune in. BYU was smart business decision for the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve needs to grab a Cali-based team for regional time slots. USC, Notre Dame, and U of U. I'm telling you right now, San Diego State's that team. I agree with the time slot point. All right. Should we get crazy about Joe Rogan? Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, Joe Rogan's crazy enough for himself. You want so. to? Joe Rogan did it again. And the question that I think has to be... No, also that... Whoa. Whoa. My fault. Bro. I clicked the button too fast. Is, yeah, is this? Is this finally over the line for Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan on his podcast was talking to a comedian whose name I can't remember. Um, Tom Segura. Tom Segura, thank you. Stand-up comedian. Noted comedian. They're sitting there talking about the homeless encampments that are popping up all over Southern California. And then Joe Rogan decided to make an off-color joke about killing homeless people, and it did not go well. No, also that... Um... You know, when when you see stuff like that on the streets, at least in Los Angeles or maybe in California, those are that's protected property, like by law. You know that, like if you were so to you're go, not supposed to do that. But and, and but like that's that person's property by law. If you oh, were to the go, homeless person's property yes. is protected. Yes, absolutely. Huh? If you were to go and try to move that or take that, you'd they, get arrested. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Mm -hmm. But they wouldn't arrest you if you shot somebody. Maybe mm -hmm. you should just go and shoot the homeless people. I like your ideas. Yeah. yeah. And no wow. Bro. Joe I Rogan suggesting shooting homeless people to end the homeless problem in L.A. And I think he thinks he's being funny. I just think he's so out of touch with that. And, like, it's not funny. It's not funny to say you're going to shoot people. Like, you know, have a better joke, Joe. You're way out of touch. I just don't. I think in today's day and age... You can't joke about killing people with guns. No. Number one. Number two, it just shows a complete lack of understanding for what the issues in the homeless community are. Because, I mean, the overwhelming majority of people living on the streets, no matter where they are, generally have an, an, an underlying issue, and it's usually mental health. Mm -hmm. Talking about shooting these people because you don't like the way a homeless encampment works is probably not the 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 solution and the issue here is i think joe is only half joking i think joe rogan would be fine if you said yeah you can go and murder any homeless people i think he'd probably lead a caravan and i think spotify at some point has to do something was joe rogan joking here yeah he was was this funny no it wasn't and i think at some point we have to we have to stop joking about gun violence in this country and understand it's an incredibly serious conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are liquefying the the bodies of humans with AR-15s. And we're then joking with a guy who makes $60 million a year at Spotify and does 10 million listens a day. 
And I think last time I looked at it was he was up to 12 million listeners a day mm-hmm. joking about shooting homeless people. How and, long until a homeless guy gets shot? And and that's the problem because there were, out of that 12 million, there were definitely people who were like, effing right, Joe, we're going to go and get him. Like, you know, there's somebody in there and sorry for the Southern like joking accent, but there's somebody in there who was like, yeah, you know what? That'll take him out. And this happened in New York this year where there was a person going around and shooting homeless people. It's not okay. And it's not a funny joke. Like, I, I just don't see how that's funny at all, shooting people. It already happened in New York. And here you are thinking that that's funny. Well, and I think that it's a it's bad not. look to pick on homeless people. Like, I mean, I, I just think it's it's low cash. It always has been. It always will be. I mean, the, the, the plight of someone who's homeless, Joe Rogan, will never relate to that person. And I think that that, that's, that to me is the, the biggest thing here. Like, not only are you insensitive to gun violence in, in the country with what's going on, uh, number yeah. one. Number two, you're insensitive to their struggle as a human being. And number three, you come off as being an elitist, which is which is the worst thing that you can do. We all know how much money you make. You know, we all know what you do. And, and I, I feel like at some point, you know, and this may be, this. some people may think this is a reach, but at what point does a UFC start to worry about Joe Rogan and what he says? Well, and I also think one of the things I see in the comments that I want to make sure we don't do, this isn't a, a gun violence issue. This is not a gun regulation conversation. Yeah, we're not. This doing is it. a responsibility of the media conversation. Joe Rogan has 12 million listeners a day. You can't joke about murdering people with with guns in the current climate of the United States. I just don't think you can do that. Yeah. And and with with all of the things that are going on on the Fourth of July and in Uvalde and in Sandy Hook, like, Island Park. Uh, yeah, I, we just cannot joke about gun violence in this country it's not a i just don't think it's funny i don't think it's funny and i think at some point when spotify is paying joe rogan 60 million dollars a year don't you have a responsibility to police what he says or the policy that he puts out on his show and i would tell you i think you do and listen we're we're, it's a free country you don't have to listen to Joe Rogan. The problem is 12 million people every day do. 60 million people a week listen to Joe Rogan's show. This is fucking America. And they don't, uh, I don't think most people would understand that he was joking about that. I don't. He said it with a straight face. I don't think most people think Joe Rogan was joking about that. And the minute that there's a body dropping from a homeless guy getting shot in Los Angeles, Joe Rogan should be held accountable for that. You're welcome. Now, will he be? Probably not. Am I probably going too far? Yeah, I probably am. Is this why Spotify signed Joe Rogan? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah? They they love the outlandish. They love that Joe only has like 11 cogs in the wheel and it skips on the 12th every time. Because he will, he invites the 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 wildness that yep. they like the random you know wacky stuff like that's it's fine yeah. for them well and you and know why it's... aren't we outraged about the comedian who said i like your ideas yeah because I... the comedian's not joe rogan nobody yeah. cares about but, the comedian. i, I think I most mean... people don't even know who that comedian if we're being totally honest i mean and listen the heart of that show is the heart of that show is is 
I think they have very serious conversations. Huh? I, I used to be a daily listener of Joe Rogan, and I just lost my ability to listen every day. I just couldn't do it anymore. But to Nick Yak's point, you didn't understand the show. He was pointing out if you remove homeless uh, under a bridge, you would get arrested. But if you shoot someone in California, you get let out on bail. I don't care what his point was. The conversation that they were having, and, and Nick Yak, I think you're right. I should clarify this. The conversation they were having was the, any, the inequity in punishment of crime in California. And currently, right now in the state of California, there is an epidemic of violent crime. It is, it is out of control at, at historic levels in California. And what you're seeing is that if you go and take a homeless person's possessions, it's a crime in California to go and in, in, in remove homeless encampments and take their possessions. And his point was, if you shoot somebody, it's far less egregious in the state of California because the politics of the state of California. Okay, cool. He still said, well, let's go shoot homeless people. Those it's are still... And, and, and again, I'm happy to, to replay it because, listen, I want to replay it only so that you'll listen to the tone of the conversation. Notice they're not laughing. Notice they're not joking. Notice that it's not like some, you know, loud, boisterous thing. It's a quiet conversation that two dudes are having. Note also that, um, you know, when, when you see stuff like that on the streets, at least in Los Angeles or maybe in California, those are, that's protected property, like by law. You know that? Like if you were so to So you're go, not supposed to do that. But, and, and, but like that's that person's property by law if you oh were to the go, homeless person's property yes. is protected yes absolutely huh if you were to go and try to move that or take that you'd they, get arrested yeah yeah hilarious mm -hmm. but they wouldn't arrest you if you shot somebody maybe mm -hmm. you should just go and shoot the homeless people i like your ideas so is he joking there's no laughing there they're not having a raucous time i mean and and, and you guys tell me if i'm wrong i just look i i think that I think that in our country, there is a thirst for making sure that every clip is fully played out and context is fully explained and with everything that's happened over the last five years. But at the same time, I also think that there is an intolerance to gun violence in our country. And I think that that's I just I just think that Joe Rogan pushes the limits too often, you know, and 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 he got away with the racist stuff. A ton of people came out and said he wasn't racist. OK, okay he moved on from that. But this is kind of different. I mean, I just think that the, the palette for gun violence conversation is not there right now. And that's what I'm struggling with. I understand the, 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 the framework of the conversation. Joe Rogan said with a straight face, maybe we should just shoot the homeless people. Like that to me is a huge problem. Yeah, it's a poor example for sure. He should not have said that. Yeah. Because I, I and I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I got to believe a homeless guy is going to get shot over this. I, I, I think... We are incredibly insensitive people. There are already people who go out and victimize homeless people on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. The crime and violence that homeless people face on the street every day is, is enormous. And now you're going to have people shooting homeless people. I hope I'm wrong about it. It's, it's incredibly offensive to me. I, and maybe I'm soft. I see all the comments telling me I'm an idiot, but, and I'm happy to read them, um, Marty, you're my hero. It's Monty, but same thing. Yeah. Uh, Travis Bird says, you're my hero. You have connections. Next chance you have the knowledge. Knowledge, you got a gorgeous wife. Oh, geez. Oh, hey. Hey. Uh, and a pretty cool sidekick. Now you just need Mike Tyson's face tattoo. Oh. Well, 
Um, well, wow, this got very serious. Um, Travis said, Monty, not only with a challenge, but has class. Well, thanks. Um, Roger Caricia says, you're wrong. Okay. Uh, the JSS vids say, so if Joe Rogan only had 100,000 listeners and said to stab them instead of shoot them, would it make it better? No. No. If he had no listeners and he said to shoot people, it's wrong. Yeah. If he had a million listeners and said stab people, it's wrong. It's final. You don't encourage violence yeah. in our country. It's, you, our climate is that of violence right now. You're talking to I a mean, stand-up comedian and you chose to talk about shooting homeless people. I'm not really sure how that's a recipe for success. Yeah, I, I just don't. Yeah. I, 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 it's just the Joe Rogan brand. It is. It's, you know. It is. Okay. And, Okay. We've given him too much time today. Okay. But we haven't, Mrs. Monty, given enough time to National Junk Food Day. Fat! Oh. Well. Now, how do we how do we define junk food? Because I think this is a really important conversation. Mm -hmm. How do we define junk food? Mrs. Monty, when I say junk food, what do you think of? Junk food is food that is not healthy and not necessary for sustainability. It's candy. It's, you know, chips, chips uh, ice cream, confections, all the stuff I like, like that's, you know, that's your junk food. It's candy. Yeah. I would say, you know, your first category is candy and junk. Um, but I mean, we're, we're built on a, on a culture of excess and also, you know, the, a culture of, of wasteful food. So, okay. Your what's your go-to junk food? Mac and cheese. Ooh, mac and cheese is junk food. Yeah, it comes in a box. Um, <laughs> comes man, in a box. my junk food to be clear is defined as food that has a low nutritional value, typically produced in the form of packaged snacks, needing little or no preparation. Man, my what is my go-to junk food? Snickers. Oh, I love a good Snickers bar. Yeah, French fries. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Um, man, when I was a kid, it was, it was Hot Pockets. It is over my life been Tostinos. Tostinos. Tostinos pizza rolls. Um, I don't know why I channel Scarface Fat. on that. Uh, but donuts, donuts of any kind. Dunford donuts. Bomb. Cookies. Oh. Bomb. Cookies. Amazing. But you only get one junk food. One, you're going mac and cheese. I'm going mac and cheese. Yep, M Mrs. Monty. Yep. yep. Ooh, one junk food. You only get one. That's it. How are you not uh, going to say ice cream? Ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's going to have to be like ice cream. I was going to say ice cream. I think for me, if it's junk food, it's probably something at Jack in the Box. Oh. I, I, see. Well, okay. Well, you know what? dude, no, that's unfair, no, bro. No, but that's not packaged. That is you're unfair. Breaking, you're breaking the definition. The definition was prepackaged. Yeah. Right? It. It typically. Let me hold on. Let me pull what? it back up here. This feels like a scam. Food that the definition is food that has uh, low nutritional value. Jack in the Box. Typically produced in the form of packaged snacks, needing Jack, little Jack, or Jack no preparation. Right. Your donuts fall into that, but. I, I think Jack in the Box is fast food. Yeah, that's it's that's different, junk, bro. That's but, different, I mean, bro. Come on, it's fast food. What are the comments well, yeah. got? What are what the do comments we got? got? Junk food, people. Junk food. Oh, well, here are we, we go. are we done burning it down over Joe Rogan yet? Yes, we, I'm sure we are. Uh, Fat Jesus says, "What about shooting blue cheese flats eaters?" Why okay. do you got to bring up flats versus drums, dude? We were having such a good show, you know. Like Fat Jesus. I feel like Fat Jesus has Fat. been trying Fat. to stir the pot lately. Fat Jesus. Hey guys. 
try to get control of yourself. It's okay. We've moved to junk food now. Yeah, not blue cheese, which is prepackaged crap. Uh, <laughs> fat cheese is... Ooh. This is a tasty burger. Salt and vinegar chips. Oh. Yes. Cheddar yes. ruffles. Uh, Nick Yak says garbage food and woke won't go down my palate. Garbage food and woke. Okay. 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 I mean, hey, you know. Well, okay. Just try to only eat the garbage food then. Don't try to be woke yeah. while you're eating the garbage food. You'll be fine. Yeah, don't be. Every once in a while, slow. it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, subs. Yes. Subs are good. Eric and Raleigh says, you don't think Jack in the Box is low nutritional value and it prepackaged? It is, <laughs> but it's not prepackaged. It's not Let's pre-packaged. go. It's low nutritional value, so wait, 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 wait. but not are prepackaged. You, are, so you guys are thinking here's that they're, the they're, you guys are thinking their tacos are not prepackaged. No, no here's the difference. If Come you're going to get one of those like plastic wrapped sandwiches from a vending machine, Sando. now you've crossed the line, even if you have to pop it in a microwave to melt the whatever cheese on your breakfast sandwich from the vending machine. Okay. Okay. James Knight says something very hurtful. James? Monty, do you break the pasta before putting it in boiling water? <laughs> what? what? Guy, first of all, I have tons of Sicilian blood in my, my veins. Yeah. Absolutely not. You do never, ever break spaghetti before you put it in the water. How the fuck else would you do this, Jack? You boil the water, and you better, you savages better be putting salt in your pasta water while it's, you know, getting up to temperature. Yeah. And then you just lay the, 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 the spaghetti, you lay it in there, and it will soften up and fall into the water. There's no reason to break the pasta. You don't savages. do that. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Jeremy Bolton says, if you like blue cheese on a pickle, you're a communist. I've never heard of this, and you're upsetting me. I really don't care if you think it's us. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Giggity says Oreos. New York, Jet, uh, uh, New York Jazz fan says Doritos. Uh, see, okay. here's the problem, yeah, though, with see, Doritos. Yeah, talk about it. My old, my old three-foot-tall doctor in Phoenix legit once said to me, just know that every time you, you eat Doritos, you're killing yourself. Cincinnati. They're one of yeah, the worst on. things that you can eat. Dude, and that's okay, when cool you can't ranch eat woke with junk. Yeah, New, right New York there. fan though. You know. Cool ranch or or spicy nacho. Oh Jesus. Come on. Spicy nacho's good, well, dude. I, I did not raise you to be a spicy nacho fan. It is cool ranch all day. This is fucking no, America. I cannot cool ranch ah. Doritos actually. Oh, cool like, ranch are bomb, dude. Sick. Cool ranch is like, bomb. Somebody, but spicy needs, nacho a, is somebody needs to rescue me because I can't do spicy. Come on, man. Listen, you're about as, you know, pasty in complexion Damn. as anyone. <laughs> and you, 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 I'm sorry. Oh. For, okay. and, you know, so you, were ra- you were born and raised in the Midwest. You Damn. have no spiciness in your body. Oh. But I love you still. Wow. I just, I. Bro, are you okay? You just got roasted. I don't even know who you are anymore. I don't, I don't. I don't. Wow. I, I don't. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says salt and butter in boiling water before putting in the pasta. Okay. I don't know about the butter portion. The, the but butter salt. part makes it a little greasy. Uh, Big o- Big Dog O Town says I'll make no more uh, comments. Three days now. My comments are are passed over unless I pay. All good love the show, but can't go broke. I believe uh, it's YouTube because I'm controversial on my YouTube. 
We're no, not skipping your comments. No, bro. Big Dog O Town. It, it's not. We're just, we have a lot We're of people. We're getting inundated with comments, man. Big Dog O Town, you're our guy. Like, shout out to Mo Bamba, bro. Yeah, like, it's man. Not like, a, I, I don't know. Nobody's skipping you. Shout out to Mo Bamba. There's literally, I, I don't think you understand. We get a whole list. Every time someone comments, it's in the list. So when we have how many, so we've had Hundreds. over, dude, we've had over 1,600 views on this video already. And we have how many of our comments? I can't see the number, but hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of comments. So it's not hundreds. like we're skipping them. It's just there's so many. Okay. Yeah, the dog is trying to knock cameras over. Brett Robbins says Cool Ranch are the worst flavor. No, they are not. They okay, well, what's the best flavor? Sick. What's the oh. best flavor? Eric says Dorito Taco at Taco Bell. <sighs> My man. Uh, Kanai Johnson says Salsa Verde Doritos. Okay, Salsa Verde is really good. They are. I actually, I really like. I'm not a huge Dorito fan, Damn, but I'll really eat the salsa chips, verde. But okay, okay, let's get what? crazy. Pringles or Doritos? Oh, Doritos Pringles. all day. Doritos all day. Pr no, it's Pringles. 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 Nah, dude. Pringles. That's it. We yeah. are looking for a new son, and if you'd like to apply, we'll be taking applications. Hey, We're going to have to get rid of the old one. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, Jake's <laughs> not qualified as a sex slave, so you're out of luck on that, too. Uh, Giggity says spicy nacho with nacho cheese on the yes. side. Yes. I will say. Yes. I will say as a noted fat ass, that the next time I dip nacho cheese Doritos in ranch dressing fat. will not be the first time. Fat. I just want people to know that. Uh, Brett Robbins said, sweet chili is fire. Fat uh, Jesus says, Monty, you sucked as a dad, apparently. Apparently. <coughs> Look at what's happened. Uh, apparently. James Knight says, I'm sorry, pasty? Yeah. Yeah, she just called you pasty, bro. I'm Caucasian. New York Jazz fan says, Cool Ranch and straight nacho cheese both. I guess I should be dead by now. You probably should. Probably. We. We, we Jazz yeah. fan. We. <laughs> I should be dead by now. Uh, I know what James Harden and Zion Williamson are doing on National Junk Food Day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Jeremy Bolton, you do. God, I love you. Uh, the crazy hater says, Excuse me, what? The Danny Ainge what? Yeah, could be. Uh, John Jackson says, Monty, do you... Create a sweet pool when eating spice, a sweat pool when eating spicy food. No, I don't. I just, my face just gets and lit just on kind of scruff it and play with it when it's expires. wet. Yeah, That's it. I then you know, now I, I, I'm, I have been guilty of the meat sweats in the past. Oh, okay, yeah, I should move on. I've seen you. Giggity says Pringles. Greg Hawkins says, uh, they need a cool, no, they don't, Greg. He says they need a cool blue cheese flavored Dorito. Oh. No, they don't. No, they don't. Oh. Uh, Brett Robbins says Pringles are the trashiest chip. Yeah, totally low cash. Absolutely. But they're Wait so good. Wait a minute. Good. No. They're so good. They are so good and they are not trashy. Bugles are trashy. Oh, Bugles are. Jax Bug Mix. Bugles once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you, see, you say stupid shit like, oh, wow. You know, if I could get the super hot and spicy Cheetos and check hey mix, my life would be complete. Hey guys, Cheetos where's Tanner today? I need my boy Tanner. Why don't you Come just on. have a rib removed so you never hey have to leave the house? Bury hey, yourself man. in check mix. You know, <laughs> good lord. JC00 destroys ankles, says Cool Ranch all day. Thank you. Jesus. Thank you. Eric and Raleigh says Doritos because you can actually reach the chips in the bag. Well, that's, that's a, a fair problem. point. That's a Pringles problem. Uh, Lane Olson tips us nineteen ninety nine. Appreciate Thanks, you, buddy. Man. Hey, yo. K Nuren says sweet potato fries. Oh, oh man, yes. the best. Yes, yes. Simple. Um, by the way, Brett Robbins says facts. Bugles should be a crime. Thank you. But come on, we've all had them. Like, you know. don't sit here and pretend okay. like you never had bugles. 
Okay. Uh, Ledger's Playhouse says Pringles over Doritos. Pringles containers aren't half empty when you open them. Oh, thank damn. You. Thank you. Lo yes. Lane I have Olson, to agree. Lane Olson says, love the show. Back from the bomb shelter in Ukraine. Keep up the good work. Wow. Damn, Welcome bro. Back. Were you actually in Ukraine? Damn. Is that true? Um, I'm glad you're back. Uh, Mark Rashmison says, boring. <gasps> well, you don't have to be here. I mean... I mean, we just did 90 minutes on sports, bro. Like, I, didn't I don't know to, what you want I'm, from I'm us. sorry. I didn't mean to change you. You can get your... involved. Tell us what your favorite junk food is. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't mean to chain you, you know, to your YouTube account. We... Giggity says Pringles because the chips aren't smashed at the bottom. See, there's a Pringles, lot of Pringles. Pringles are so yeah, tasty. Yeah, but the taste if, in Doritos is better, bro. If you've ever had the opportunity to visit the Idaho Potato Museum, I highly recommend it. And Pringles are in the museum. They are legitimized. Yeah. Um, just saying uh mm -hmm. jacob yates says oreos oreos all day yes yes but greg hawkins brings up an oldie and a goodie uh oh funyuns oh, oh funyuns the problem is funyuns and bugles are very close to each other they are funyuns are easy bro. once a year road trip food you don't yeah. eat you don't eat funyuns on the reg but on a road trip yeah that's like that yeah. yellow bag of chips that are like crispy and thin that are gross that everybody hates unless you're in a car but by the way do you mix any do you have any exotic mixes like i'm a big gummy bear reese's pieces mixer guy. mike and ike's mike and, and ike's and reese's pieces. pieces are amazing yes you know uh greg hawkins says wearing the monty show shirt right now fits perfect and feels soft Hey. Wow, there's I believe the proper nomenclature is supple. It feels soft. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh Jack Link's jerky if you can afford it. Yeah, that's really the problem. Yeah. That's really the problem. Is it's hard to afford it. Um, all right, you should probably play the music because we actually have to go. Hey, don't forget next Friday a huge announcement on this show. A week from tomorrow. Uh, don't forget to call our good friend, Devery Davis, Academy Mortgage. If you have mortgage questions, yes, you can afford a mortgage. You can afford to buy a house. You can afford a down payment. When you call Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, 801-543-9666. NMLS number 278545. An equal housing lender, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage presents our BYU Notre Dame drive away. We're sending two fans to see BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Two tickets, two nights in a hotel, and a $250 gas card. All you have to do is hit subscribe. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>